You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 385, How Can I Develop My Spiritual Gifts? Part 2. So last week, we kind of dove into this this series on developing our spiritual gifts. I'm not getting into the whole theology of cessationism versus non-cessationalism. We believe, I believe, my church believes, our group of churches and and a large section of Christianity believes the gifts have never ceased. I understand some people don't agree with that. There's a cessationist theology that, 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 you know, there's another time and a place to talk about, but we are approaching the spiritual gifts like they are for today, like they're discussed in the Bible. Now, a couple of key verses, um, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, this just kind of sets the stage. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Another version says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And then, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Paul says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. And we'll read a little bit further in that passage as we go along, but just kind of get the, the picture there. Paul's saying earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That probably goes against the theology of most um, uh, parts of the church where they're like, oh, well, don't get too excited about the gifts. Well, Paul says get excited about it. He says earnestly desire them. Obviously, everything's under the control of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is more important than the gifts, but He gives them to us. That's the whole point. They're gifts from Him, from the Holy Spirit, to help us in our Christian life. So, last week we talked about the word of wisdom, and we talked about the word of knowledge. Um, If those interest you, go back and listen to last week's message and and podcast. I think it'll help you. Today, we're going to pick up with the gift of faith. Now, how is faith a spiritual gift? Because we have to have faith to be saved, right? Um, God calls us to live by faith. So what kind of faith are we talking about? Because remember, when we talk about this passage of gifts um, that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, he's talking about something that's given, something that's inspired, something that's birthed by the Holy Spirit. So this is a different type of faith. Obviously, there's a faith to be saved by. We live by faith. We're saved by faith through grace, uh, by grace through faith. We, we, we know that we're, we, we live a Christian life. Uh, we live a life of faith. We walk by faith. But what is this supernatural faith? You know, you see it often combined with other gifts. I think you see it combined with a gift of miracles, maybe the gift of healing. I think... What you see in the the book of Acts, remember when when Peter, uh, I believe it's in Acts chapter uh, 8 or 9 or 10, went to pray for the dead woman. Um, How do you pray 
And, and again, we're not talking about Jesus here. We're talking about Peter, one of the apostles. A man, you and I, just like you and I. And he went. They said, hey, listen, come. She's dead. She's a good woman. She's done a lot of great things. And so he went in to where she was, into the room where her corpse was laying. Her cold, dead corpse was laying. He knelt beside the bed and then got up and spoke life into her body. I believe that's a, a great example of the gift of faith. The Holy Spirit came upon Peter and gave him this faith. And then the gift of miracles was manifested, and this woman came back to life. Another place we see this is in um, earlier in Acts, when, when Peter and John were going into the temple. Here's a guy who's lame. He's been lame for 40 years. And, you know, he's asking for money. Peter and John, you know, the famous saying, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth stand up and walk. Now listen, it's easy to gloss over this and go, oh, well, that was one of the apostles. Listen. Put yourself in that position. Put yourself in their place. How would you have responded? Remember, Peter's no better than you or I. Yes, he was with Jesus, but he also denied him. This was a man who had his own frailties. He was, he was human like us. He wasn't perfect. Let's not put him on a pedestal. Should he be honored? Absolutely. That's why I wrote the book Peter and Paul in Acts. But at the same time, let's understand that you and I could find ourselves in one of those situations. And when this gift of faith comes, it allows us to believe for the supernatural. I don't believe we can do miracles apart from the supernatural gift of faith. I think that's what it takes. And when you see people being healed, when you see miraculous healings, when you see miracles taking place, there's also supernatural faith going along with it. I think the gift of faith is given when the Holy Spirit asks us to do something difficult. Um, if God were to ask you to give away a, a sizable percentage of money or a sizable portion of money, or if God were to ask you to um, go be a missionary somewhere, I believe He's going to give you supernatural faith to believe Him to do it. Um, you know, God asks us to do difficult things sometimes, but He doesn't just expect us in our own power and strength to do it. He'll come and He'll give us, very often, this powerful gift. Well, don't go away, I'll be right back. I just wanted to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is the the the, the story of 12 of the lesser known people in the New Testament. You know, sometimes I'll flip through my phone and I'll go through pictures and from several years earlier, and you know, every picture tells a story. When you're taking picture of, of pictures on vacation, on trips you make with friends or family, uh, maybe a special dinner with your spouse or or, or with your family or friends, and, and then you go back and you look. Every picture tells a story. Well, in the New Testament, we see people who who show up, but maybe we don't have the amount of information we do about Peter or Paul or. John or, or or some of the other guys in the Bible who are so well known. But there's other people in the New Testament that that show up. We get enough information that if we're willing to work a little bit, we can find that they also have a picture. There's a, there's a snapshot that we can create when we look at this background information. So New Testament snapshot looks at 12 of the lesser knowns. 
We, we look at their story, and there's so much we can learn from these men and women. So check out New Testament Snapshots. I know you'll love it. Well, all right, we're back. Um, we talked about the gift of faith. Now let's talk about the gifts of healing. Now this is different. This is very different from the working of miracles. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but let's talk about the gifts of healing. The, the, the very fact that there are gifts of healing let us know there's different types of healing. And healing itself often implies a process. I think sometimes when we pray for people to be healed, we're disappointed when maybe it doesn't happen right away. Well, that would be a miracle. But sometimes what we see is their healing sped up or it continues on the course God has for it. Um, often that healing takes the place, take, takes the shape of, of medicine. It takes the shape of doctors. Healing can have that. Of course, it can be instantaneous. Um, I've been very fortunate to see healing in my life and in other people's lives that I've prayed for. Um, you know, I believe in God's power to heal. But let's talk about the different types of healing for just a second. You know, I think sometimes we think of physical healing and we think that's all there is to it. But, you know, there's emotional healing. There's mental healing. There's spiritual healing. These are all very, very important aspects of God's healing power. And let's never think that it's just confined to our body. God wants to heal us spirit, soul, and body. And you know, full disclaimer, I prayed for so many people and never seen any healing. I prayed for some people who were sick with terminal diseases and they died. Maybe that was God's ultimate healing. I don't know, because ultimately God is the healer. But there are other people that I've had the privilege to pray for that I've seen get better. My, my good friend Clayton, um, when he was 38 years old, this was just a few years ago, he, he and his wife were planting a church in Santiago, Chile. And I was in Brazil, and I was getting ready to go over and visit them and spend a week with them. But I found out that he had had a massive stroke. 38 years old, picture of health. He taught jujitsu in his in, 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 in a part-time job. I mean, he was just a very healthy person, but he had a massive stroke and almost died. And so I, I communicated with his wife, you know, do you still want me to come? I don't want to put any pressure on you if, if y'all are dealing with this. And she said, no, no, please come, please come. So I was there for seven days. I was there for seven days with uh, Clayton and Milena. And one of the things that I, that, I, that I said when I got there, I said, I want to pray for him every single day. Every day I want to go to the hospital. I want to visit him. I want to spend time with him. But I also want to pray because we're going to believe God. We're going to believe for a healing. I just don't believe that this is God's final plan for Clayton. He was totally paralyzed on his left side. Um, the doctors were giving him very uh, little optimism as far as recovery. So every day for a week, we'd go to the hospital, and it didn't matter if there were nurses in there or technicians in there. As soon as they kind of finished what they were doing, I said, hey, listen, we're going to pray for this man. You want to join us? And most of the time they did because it was a Catholic hospital, so there was a level of faith there. For the first two days, three days, four days, we prayed. There was nothing. There was no result. There was nothing. Fifth day, nothing. The sixth day, we prayed for Clayton. And he wiggled his toe. He started moving his, 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 his big toe just a little bit. 
The seventh day, he's now able to move his foot. He's able to move his fingers just a little bit. The doctors were amazed. They didn't expect this. So I told, I told his wife I had to leave. I was only there for a week. And I said, listen, every day, bring people from the church here. Every day, come in and lay hands on him and pray for him and believe God. Let's stand in faith. And so she did. She continued that. They would bring people every single day. They'd come in and pray for Clayton. So his, his, his recovery continued in spite of what the doctors had said. And I'm happy to report a couple of years later, he's fully recovered. He's teaching jujitsu again. And I believe, you know, some people say, well, that's just a coincidence. I believe it was the power of God honoring whatever faith I had, whatever faith the others had. Um, you know, sometimes people ask me, they say, Pastor David, why doesn't God heal people today? And my question can sometimes be a little embarrassing because I'll say, well, when's the last time you laid hands on somebody and prayed for them? And the answer is often, uh, well, never. Well, then we can't be surprised that God's not healing. If we believe that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, then our job is to lay our hands on the sick. Jesus said, lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover. Um, in James, it talks about anointing you, having the elders come and anoint you with oil and lay hands on you and praying for you. Um, I mean, it's throughout the, the Bible is, is this idea of praying for the sick. And I think when we pray in faith, believing that God wants to do something, then I believe we're going to see people healed. Do I see it all the time? No, I've already told you. There's plenty of people that I've prayed for that haven't been healed. But there are others where I've seen God's power flow. So instead of saying, why doesn't God heal today? Say, God, would you use me to be an instrument of your healing? Maybe, just maybe, as you begin to lay your hands on sick people, you might begin to see them healed as well. So the gifts of healing. Now, what about the working of miracles? The working of miracles. This is an interesting one because we often think of miraculous healings, and those are. Those are, those are absolutely spectacular. When um, somebody has cancer, and the doctors say it's terminal and they're going to die, and they go back for a visit, and it's gone. That's a miracle. That's not just a healing. That's a miracle. Um, or, or someone who is, 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 is crippled, they get up and they begin to walk. Or someone who's blind receives their sight back. Or someone who's deaf, they begin to hear again. Um, those are miracles. Those aren't just healings. Those are miracles. But what other kind of miracles can we pray for? Well, there's financial miracles. I mean, what about that situation where you've been faithful to God, you're not making stupid decisions with your money, but yet you still have a situation that looks like a mountain in front of you financially, and somehow, miraculously, God works a miracle. You know, I think sometimes we do ourselves, we do God an injustice because we think, oh, it's just a coincidence. Well, I think God works with coincidences. But if I'm praying for a miracle and it happens, I'm sure not going to say, oh, well, that would have happened anyway. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit working behind the scenes can work and bring about miracles. 
What about protection? What about protection? You know, I take a lot of missionary trips. I'm actually getting ready to go, go on one to India. And, and I can't help but wonder what's going on behind the scenes with God's miracle-working protective power. Um, how many times have you heard, heard the story of, of someone who was protected in a vehicle accident? Um, and the only thing they could say, well, it was a miracle. I should have died. Um, can God control the weather? Well, I guess so. He's, he's God. You know, that's a miracle. Um, I'm not telling you to go around and, 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 and you know, try and be the weatherman and um, call off rain. But, you know, maybe there's a time and a place for it. I don't know. But here's what I know. When I look in the Gospels, I see Jesus working miracles. I see him raising people from the dead. I see him uh, performing nature miracles where he stops a storm. I see all kinds of, of things that we would call crazy and then when I look into the, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, I see the apostles doing similar kinds of miracles. And what I know is Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do because I go to the Father. And that's in the same context of him talking about sending the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. So I think this idea of miracle working power is still there. The question is whether or not we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. Well, all right, I'm going to stop there. Um, we, we, last week we talked about a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. Today we talked about the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. Um, we'll continue next time. We've still got a few more to cover. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. If you have a thought, an insight, a question... On the gifts of the Holy Spirit, by all means, let me know. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post so that we can stay in touch and keep the conversation going. While you're there, make sure you uh, drop your email address into that little uh, box up at the top. That'll allow me just to send the content, my fresh content, right into your, your email box, and you'll never miss a single episode. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.